Okay, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Entrepreneurs in Small Rooms Drinking Coffee. I'm your host, Rob Kennedy, and today we're sitting with Akrim of Gallup Labs. How are you, Akrim? Very well. Thank you, Rob, for having me. Thanks for waking up so early. <laughs> and I guess technically today it's Entrepreneurs in Small Rooms Drinking Tea, because neither of us are drinking coffee. That's true. So my brand is destroyed. <laughs> uh, so why don't you tell us what Gallup Labs is all about? So Gallup is uh, essentially a customer intelligence platform. Um, we apply this uh, notion of what we call prescriptive marketing uh, for mobile publishers. And basically what that is, is we want to give marketers an incredible amount of detail on the behaviors of their customers within their application. You know, customers are obviously the most important part of the business. So knowing you know, what, what they do, what they're likely to do, their spending behaviors, their usage behaviors, um, what features they're getting the most value out of. Uh, when they're about to churn, when they're low engaged, this type of insight can help really target and drive all types of communications. So um, Gallup is essentially a, a platform that helps identify cohorts of customers, uh, their behaviors, and then prescribes channels for you to reach out to them. Uh, so in some cases, you may reach out to them via Facebook or Twitter through engagement ads or acquisition ads. In some cases, it could be push notifications or email. Uh, so based on the type of user, the type of opportunity, we'll say, you know what, this is best to go through email. That way you don't have to pay for anything and you can potentially save you know, 10% of your customers from churning next week. Right. So as a... I, I would be a marketer, I'd be your customer. As a marketer, I'd be your customer. Yeah, generally, like we started off with like a mobile first approach. Right. Uh, so, you know, we felt that mobile was sort of underserved in this capacity, I think. You know, obviously it's, uh, you know, the web has had the ability to mature and, and, and kind of build out a lot of these capabilities in marketing automation and, and, and all these types of things. But, uh, but mobile, you know, was, was still very nascent. And, and I think, uh, you know, that made sense for us as a starting point. But mm -hmm. so if you're a mobile publisher or you have a mobile app and you're in the marketing or user acquisition or growth side of the business, you would generally be the person using Gallup. So uh, it, one of the interesting things, because I think it's a really, really interesting product. It's a complicated product, mm -hmm. but it's a really interesting product. What, one of the interesting parts about it is the prescriptive part. Right. So in what is that, how is it prescriptive? Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of good to just take a look at uh, sort of the evolution of analytics. Okay. So there's been like descriptive analysis, which you typically expect from like a Google Analytics or a mixed panel or a localytics. So this is like, this is what your customers are doing. Mm -hmm. It's very black and white. You know, so 10 people hit this page or, you know, clicked on that button. Uh, then, you know, what you saw from that is like the predictive notion. So, you know, once you know what everyone's been doing and you have enough historical data, then you can tr try to get a sense of where, where is this going? Mm -hmm. What are people going to do? You know, we kind of take that sort of one step further. So what we're really doing is we're pulling action into the story. Mm -hmm. So now that we know what people are doing and potentially what they're going to be doing, mm -hmm. what should we be doing about that as right. a marketer? So the prescriptive is really prescribing the right audiences to communicate to and the right, right channels to communicate to them on. Right. Yeah. Interesting. So like, because I know in, in Facebook, you can do these things called lookalike groups. Sure. Where you say like, you know, I'm yeah. sending something into Nick and he's a, you know, a white male and is like... 20s to 50s, and I want to advertise something to him. He, right. he seemed to respond. So find me more of those kinds of people. Is does does it use that kind of totally. idea? So for acquisition, absolutely. Yeah, so you generally want to model your targeting for any acquisition campaigns off of your highest value uh, users, right? Our customers. So you know, in the case of uh, you know, let's take like a messenger app. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, you'd look at the people who generally send the most messages, invite the most friends, uh, you know, use the app the most. So our platform will essentially help people identify the events that are the most important in the application, mm -hmm. and then create sort of a spectrum of all your users against those actions. Mm. And then you can see, like, you know, what's the average user? And that average user might send five text messages a day. Right. And then you kind of see this standard deviation uh, sort of uh, uh, spectrum, and then you can be like, okay, well, a couple standard deviations away, you have these like super powerhouse users that send maybe 15. So let's pull that audience, use them to create a custom audience, pass that to Facebook, create a lookalike audience, and then all the targeting will be based on people we know are likely to be heavily engaged in the application. That's kind of amazing because I think, like I, one of the biggest problems I think for marketers, just for normal human beings, is mm -hmm. you look at Google Analytics, it vomits a bunch of data. Sure. Mixpanel tried to solve that by trying to like assigning it to people, but it still vomits a lot of data and you're right. like, so now what? Yeah. I'm surprised you can automate that. Yeah, it's, it's um, in, in fact, we, we, we wouldn't have been able to do this two or three years ago. Oh, yeah. uh, technology just wasn't there. The penetration of these descriptive analytics tools weren't there. So Gallup is uh, like a no SDK product. Hmm. Uh, it takes about three minutes to set up. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we wanted to make sure that integration was as seamless as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, and the reason why uh, we've been able to accomplish that is because we sit on top of all their existing data uh, layers. Right. So if they're using Mixpanel, that's great. You just take that API key, plug it into Gallup, and now Gallup knows everything, and the whole platform lights up. Got it. So, so it's not another, you're, as a mobile, I used to be, you know, run mobile development shops. Sure. It's like another SDK you had to drop in that may yeah. be crashing your app, you don't really know. Yeah. You don't have to do that with Gallup. You don't have to do that. It just sucks in everything. Exactly. So we're starting off with sort of uh, app analytics data. Yeah. Uh, and then like CRM data, and essentially we want to be able to sort of aggregate all of your first party data right. across your whole business. Business and you know normalize that data, attribute it to specific users, use that to model behavior, and then affect marketing. And then can you, I'll get to the etymology of the company in a second, but I have mm -hmm. one more question about the yeah. actual thing. If you target, I mean, effectively those heavy users, which, you know, I don't know if you consider them whales or they're just heavy users of your product, sure. can you, um, is it possible even to just get more of those or is by nature, by the definition, there's only a limited number of them and you shouldn't be targeting like mm -hmm. the people who's, you know, spend a thousand dollars a month on virtual corn? Yeah. No, I think, uh, I think you absolutely can get more. Yeah. And just depends on your <laughs> communication channel and uh, the distribution you can get. So, hmm. you know, in, in the case of, um, you know, modeling, uh, you know, highly engaged users and like, you know, and finding a channel for that, like Facebook and Twitter mm -hmm. are incredibly rich channels because you just know so much about someone. So mm -hmm. it's, their lookalike audiences are quite effective. Right. Uh, whereas you go to display and you get a little bit less of effectiveness. Mm -hmm. uh, but obviously that's changing with RTB and a lot of this pixel tracking okay. uh, stuff. But, uh, but if you're doing something like, um, you know, if you're going after non-engaged or disengaged users, and you're trying to prevent them from churning, then you know perhaps like a push notification or email is your best bet. You right. want to go with something that's generally free, right. uh, something where you shouldn't really expect a lot. And I think the, the perfect example we always use like is a dating app. Mm -hmm. If you were a heavily engaged user of a dating app and now you're not using it at all, you can assume you probably hooked up, you know, <laughs> met someone, fell in love, whatever, right? right. So, the probability, and, and, and this is actually from a real dating app we work with, mm -hmm. but the probability of taking someone from uh, you know, disengaged and likely to churn to highly engaged is actually a 0.8% chance. So under 1%. Right. So the last thing we're gonna do is prescribe a paid channel to re-engage that person. Yeah. Because yeah. you can run engagement ads on Facebook. Uh, rather, we'll just be like, send them an email, Hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. You know, you may or may not get them, but right. even if but it like, didn't really cost anything, you know, so even if like 0.2% actually end up getting engaged again in the app, that's a that's a that's a, an opportunity to, and that's a pretty big win. Hmm. So you can keep an eye on your return on investment when you're you got it doing stuff. That's cool. Yeah. Um, 
So for those just tuning in, this is Entrepreneurs in Small Rooms Drinking Coffee, and my guest today is Akrim of uh, Gallup. So take me to, so when did you start Gallup proper? So it's a, it's a funny story, Ron. <laughs> um, so Gallup has been through, I think, I think three re-manifestations of sorts. Um, the idea is about three and a half years old. Really? Or not. Yeah, and, uh, and it was originally called Hearth Metrics. Okay. And then it was called Extract Sense. And then it was called Gallup, okay. and um, and I think um, you know what we realized is you know working at B Notions, um, you know app development shop, we kept seeing uh, you know clients uh, essentially go to market with these apps. Uh, often they had Facebook Connect. Often they're asking for all kinds of permissions, and we kept asking ourselves why wasn't anyone mining the information from these permissions? Because you get their interests, likes, friends. You know, uh, you know, you see their comments. Like it just—it's so rich. Mm -hmm. But but you know, we always use that data so that we they can submit to a contest easily or like do something nifty in the experience and like guess who their best friends are. But right. we never mind the data just from a, like a pure customer intelligence standpoint. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was the inception of the idea. That was about uh, yeah, about two and a half, three years ago. Okay, uh, maybe even a little bit longer. So so that's kind of where it started. And then on a completely different tangent. A couple of years uh, later, and this was, uh, I guess, um, two years ago now. Um, you know, we kept shipping apps to market, and there was uh, a challenge that we generally saw across the marketplace on distribution. Mm -hmm. You know, they'd spend you know half a million bucks building this app with us, and then you know they'd go to their old media agencies to do distribution, right. and often you'd end up with like a, you know a QR code on a billboard or something silly like that yeah, that yeah. generally doesn't drive high value targeted customers. It's kind of like a spray and pray mentality. And, uh, and then they come back to us and be like, we just spent all this money, why didn't it work? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so that was another problem we're tackling. And, and it took a while before we put the two problems together. So with that problem, we actually just said, you know what, we'll be accountable for the success of these apps. And Notions essentially built uh, what we call a product success team. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a team inside of Notions which basically focused on you know, helping do media strategy, media planning, and, 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 and media management. Right. And, um, and my, because you understood the space better than the people, your customers. Yeah, like we knew the channels that worked. We knew right. it had to be analytical driven. Um, so I actually called my sister, uh, who you know was you know ex you know brand marketer at General Mills, did the razor fish things. So she understood mm. the agency biz. Mm. Did the startup thing. Worked at like an incubation venture capital company, and and so she knew enough about everything that it's like you know what I need you to kind of help me uh, bootstrap this business unit that is essentially a product success product marketing. Um, you know, little team inside B Notions. So she came, spent about seven months in Toronto with us, hired her first uh, couple of staff, and, uh, and we became this kind of managed service. And we realized a lot of what we were doing could be automated, mm -hmm. so we started throwing engineers in the mix. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, uh, and, and, and then we started building tech, and we got to the point where it's like, man, this is kind of growing, and it's kind of working. Um, so. This can completely be a standalone product business. Hmm. Uh, we brought in some senior leadership. So my buddy Karthik uh, just sold his ad tech company, mm -hmm. uh, Blue Trumpet, so understands the space. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's like all these things were kind of falling into place at the same time. So they, Frizan and Karthik just went off to the races. You know, I was still mm -hmm. focusing on B Notions at that time. They started to get a lot of momentum. 
Um, B Notions had a data science team that was building like incredibly sophisticated, uh, you know, like scalable data infrastructure and, and warehousing and and intelligence and um, and we're like, why don't we just throw that whole data science team into that <laughs> as well? So Naeem, um, one of my partners at B Notions, and his whole team, including Logan, one of my partners at B Notions, all parachuted into Gallup. And all of a sudden, like we're just throwing so much ammunition at this company right. that we're like, okay, you know what? We know what we're doing. We like the idea. The team is awesome. Uh, let's go raise capital, and that's kind of how it all. So, just a question: like, uh, the, I still have I have this conspiracy theory that every yeah. services company wants to be a product company because <laughs> um, sure. it's cool and fun, and you can right. focus on one thing, and yeah. you can do your own thing, and you can do it right. Um, you started B Notions quite a while ago, I mm-hmm. guess seven years, I think, yeah, it was seven eight years ago, and yeah. and. And over over that period of time, I seem to remember you tried your hand at different producty things. Totally. How how did you know? Like, how, how, I guess a couple questions. One is, how did you know this was the thing to bet on? Right. First. Yeah. No, Rob. We we tried a lot of things. Yeah. And, uh, and we had a lot of fun. Like we built games and like web apps <laughs> and just silly things that yeah. we had written up in magazines. And it's just like, you know, I think. Um, it's a lot harder than, you know, I think, uh, you know, we, we build great products for our clients all the time, but mm-hmm. we have budgets, we have dedicated resources, we have time. They have know. a business model, it's established. Exactly, and, and, and you have a lot to leverage. Yes. Uh, yeah. And when you start from scratch, like you're really starting from scratch. So, so yeah, we, 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 we tried a lot of things. We ended up deciding to just start investing in other companies. So we started yeah. a little like Bean Ocean's micro fund. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, um, and I think it was just like really, it was the timing, the customer, like our Bean Ocean's clients needed this. Yes. You know, so it was a very sort of, um, it was a validated market opportunity. Well, we, you guys were validating yeah. over time, like We didn't I have suppose, to guess. Yeah? Like, yeah. you know, the, the risk um, was, should we do this now? And should we be taking resources off of, uh, you know, a profitable, uh, well-oiled machine? and putting it into something that could have a lot of risk associated with it. Yes. And, uh, and just the right people were around and, and it felt good. And, um, and so we just decided that, you know, this was it. And I think it was, you know, when we look around sort of the, the co-founding team, so, you know, Farzana, Karthik, myself, Naeem, and Logan, and we look at our skill sets and our experience, it's mobile, it's marketing, it's advertising. So like what better business for us to really take seriously than this one? And was it was it tricky? The other half of the question was often, you know, a consulting company yeah. um, is not necessarily a product company in terms mm-hmm. of people and their their, their mentality and their skill sets. Yeah. Um, and I know that, you know, amongst those guys that you mentioned, uh, there's obviously a product mentality, but then sure. bringing a team together, like mm-hmm. it's different humans, no, that do a service mm-hmm. shop and a, a product shop. It's it's um it's you know I think I think we're fortunate to have like just incredibly versatile people around us. Right. So so the same humans, different reorientation, like different right. mindsets. So you know sometimes we'd uh, be worried about things where it's like yeah we shouldn't have to be worried about this anymore. Like we're you know we're naturally from building a service company is a very hard business to to run. It's a mm-hmm. cash business. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very much like a brick and mortar uh, type business. You have to be very frugal. Um, constantly, um, you know, you you know, every decision could basically uh, you know affect payroll next week. You're constantly filling the pipe. There's no reoccurring revenue. You're always hunting. Like mm-hmm. there's so many pressures of running a service business that uh, that you almost try to bring those pressures with you to a startup company, but they're different pressures. Well, I was gonna like, say, like for a service company, you need a bench. Yeah. For a product company, you don't want a bench because yeah. that's cash flow. It's yeah. burning your cash, right? Yeah. So you, so you still have to be sensitive. You still have to be frugal about those types of things. But you're you're allowed to kind of. Experience Experiment more. You're allowed to feel more. Like right. you know, it's um, you know the mentality is is, is just a little bit different. Uh, you know, you, you you know. So so I think um, 
So I think it, it, it was very different. In fact, we got to a, a crossroads where it's like, should we just evolve Green Oceans into Gallup? Like, yeah. is there a point in, you know, continuing to find a way to, uh, you know, continue to offer, operate both companies? Mm-hmm. And uh, and, I, and I took that to, you know, my partners and I said, guys, like, we're kind of at this crossroads. This is really interesting. We're get making, we're getting a lot of momentum, you know. Do we want to be a product company? And literally, we sat around that table, and half the people said, "You know, we we run a kick-ass service company, mm. and we want to continue running that kick-ass service company." Right. So, you know, if we can do this without affecting this, that would be the ideal situation, and that became the plan. Cool. Yeah. So, how, so what's interesting about you too is like, so on the show, we've had people who have been like early stage founders, mm-hmm. maybe some seed funding. Mm-hmm. Um, this might be their first business. Maybe their second one, but the really early stage. Uh, last week we had Catherine Shoplocket who got right. acquired. Yeah. Uh, you're an interesting chap because this is not your first rodeo, really. Mm-hmm. You've you've tried to build product companies before. You've built a successful service company. H- how is it? You know, with all this, and, and you know, you started Android TO. You helped start the Lean Coffee stuff. So you've been thinking about this stuff for a really long time. Sure. Now you're in the trenches of a funded mm-hmm. product company. Right. What has all this stuff, like, what, what was expected and what were you like, what the fuck? <laughs> it was a long time in the making, yeah. you know, I think, um, I think things got very real uh, for me personally when we closed funding. Yeah. You know, and, and... Which was recently, like you announced in November. Yeah, November. Yeah. Um, and, and not in like $2 million or something to that Yeah, yeah around yeah. $2 million. Bucks. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that for me was... A little bit of a sigh of relief in, in a lot of ways. I think, um, you know, for the last several years, to your point, like we've dabbled in this, we've stayed pretty attentive to what was happening in the space. You know, we've helped launch a lot of companies, yeah. uh, startup companies, just as, as like a vendor up there. So, you know, a lot of trials and tribulations just in learnings uh, from, from doing that. And uh, and as soon as like that, that fundraising round closed, it's like, wow, like this is you know, our chance, like we've, you know, you know, worked our butts off to earn this opportunity and, uh, and feel very fortunate and appreciative to like our investors who said, you know what, uh, AK and, and team, like, you know, we've kind of seen what you've been doing in the last few years and you're the type of team that we want to support. Mm. And, uh, and, and I think, uh, you know, for us, that's when, when, that's when stuff got real. Uh, and so, um, yeah. So uh, just for those about tuning in at the moment, this is Entrepreneurs in Small Rooms Drinking Coffee. Uh, we're with Akrim of Gallup. So how did you decide to take money? I mean, if you have a services business and you, you, know, you could potentially see trip fund it, why money? And you know, were, were you, was that obvious from day one or are you like, eh? Yeah, we, we funded it um, for quite a long time hmm. uh, through Bean Oceans. Hmm. Uh, you know, I have to admit, like it was, uh, it was a big strain on on Bean Ocean's payroll. Like we had, we had about thirteen people. Wow. Um, that Bean Ocean's was covering um, from a payroll standpoint for about um, you know about like eight nine months, and uh, that's a pretty like hefty sum. And you know, I think um, what what we wanted to do is make sure that we weren't going to raise money uh, to then figure out what it was we wanted to do. We we really wanted to figure it out first. Um, this industry marketing ad tech it's quite saturated there's a lot of things going on it's very hard to differentiate from others because we all kind of um, you know we all uh, find ourselves with the same narrative or similar narratives like you know finding high value users targeting the right people getting the right message in front of the right person at the right time right. like these are things you just hear um, right. often and you know to enter a saturated market with that 
there's a lot of risk. Um, to then take money, um, you know, put our reputations on the line and just add the amount of risk and pressure. So we kind of needed to figure out, can we carve out a niche? Can we create a category in, inside of this very saturated market? And can we win? Mm -hmm. And do we have confidence in ourselves that we can win? Mm -hmm. And I think as soon as we like, were able to come up with a good strategy, launch our product, get good client uh, feedback, then it was like, okay, this needs to scale. Um, we need to start to de-risk Bean Oceans um, a little bit because you know that company's growth is at our sort of uh, you know mercy and you know so so it just it just kind of made sense. And, uh, so you you um, you'd found some clients for Gallup and early yeah. versions of Gallup. Yeah. You sort of did it did it work the way you expected it? Like were you did you build what you thought you needed because you've done mm -hmm. this before and, and when you had clients it was like oh yeah it makes sense or were you like oh you brought clients on the platform and they're like oh I didn't even think you needed that. But, yeah, it was, it was very iter iterative. Like I think um, this was like your your true. Uh, customer-driven development approach. Mm -hmm. uh, so we actually managed the company as a service company, like I mentioned in the early days, mm -hmm. because we wanted to be very close to our customer, and we wanted to essentially be the proxy for that customer. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to feel their pain. Mm -hmm. We wanted to use the tool for them. Mm -hmm. we, we wanted to like drive performance for them. And if we couldn't do it using our own tools, then there's no way that they're going to do it. Right. So we became essentially an extension of their team yeah. for you know half a dozen or a dozen customers, mm -hmm. um, and built the tools for the people inside of our office who were essentially being the customer. Got it. And and that's how we kind of evolved and iterated. And you know originally we went very heavy in the ad tech side, and it was almost just table stakes, like being able to tap into the Facebook API, mm -hmm. being able to tap into and now the Twitter API, and being able to create all the technology just. To to be able to you know build campaigns and manage campaigns and get reporting and and now we're going very heavy into the customer intelligence side mm. uh, and 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 so you know it's, it's been interesting because the clients have helped us define what kind of intelligence matters to them mm -hmm. you know their data is what we've used to model a lot of our algorithms so are they working right you know and I guess we just wouldn't have been able to even build as much as we have built over the last year if it wasn't for that customer uh, development approach. And, uh, and now that we have algorithms that are tested and, and, and work well, a platform that's tested and work well, now it's like, let's raise money and just try to scale. And, and really the, the, the focus is you know, sales and marketing uh, from, from here on out and while we refine the product. How, so I'm gonna ask you a question about that, but one other thing, how do you know, so while you're developing the product with the customer, mm -hmm. um, you're, I mean, the, being able to reach the other ad platforms, that's, pretty, that's probably something they know, mm -hmm. but the sort of prescriptive mm -hmm. analytics stuff yeah. where it tells them, you know, you should do this or not do this or whatever, sure. um, that's kind of new-ish. Yeah. So that's not something they necessarily are used to. So how do you, I mean, you can't ask them for requirements. Mm -hmm. How did you get that out of them that like, what their problems were to then mm -hmm. feed it back to them to solve it? Yeah, like, you know, the, their problems were, you know, like, how do I find my most valuable users? Who are they? What do they look like? So they're uh, articulate enough to be able to phrase, phrase the question. Yeah, they're like, okay. you know, how do we target well on these channels? Like, right. Facebook has, you know, dozens and dozens of just targeting criteria. Right. You can uh, you can target people based on their sexual orientation. Like, right. the, you know, the, it's so comprehensive. Yeah. And so a customer's like, so what do I do? Yeah. Do I do I write? Do I choose this option or this option? Right, right. And do I actually have to go through like? 50 options yeah. every single time I create a campaign? Yeah. Or could there be some intelligence informing 
and, and automatically checking all these boxes. Mm. And that's kind of where we started. Right. You know, so, you know, it was great um, to be, you know, BeNotions was obviously a Facebook PMD. Mm -hmm. uh, so having that relationship with Facebook, we were able to leverage a lot of insight on what Facebook was hearing from their customers as well. So working closely with the New York team, the Canada team, and, and, the, uh, and the Menlo Park team, they would tell us, like, this is what customers are looking for. This is where the gap in the market is. We have, you know, 100 PMDs. But there's not really anyone that's completely data-driven, audience intelligence, uh, right. you know, focused. So maybe this is an area where you guys can play in, and, right. and, and and that's helped a lot. And then, you know, even our investors and our advisors that we surrounded ourselves by, uh, with are are generally people that know the space really well. Mm -hmm. So then they would tell us all the things that they're hearing. So between customers, these investors, advisors, and our partners, we're able to get a pretty good, I guess, handle on on where we wanted to go. Got it. And so then you you when you felt like you had some traction and some proven stuff, you decided to get money, and the money in your mind is to use to build out, not necessarily the technology, mm -hmm. but get more customers, and is that is that correct? Yeah, like, yeah why, totally. why do you think you, what do you think you need the money for? Yeah, there's, there's definitely a roadmap, and, and the roadmap is, is, is ambitious, and, uh, and, and we definitely uh, you know, need to stay steadfast and, and make sure that, uh, that we're continuing to sort of evolve the product. But, uh, but we, we, we feel pretty confident that where we're at right now is like that great version 1.0 that you can begin to run an SEM campaign against. I see. And, uh, and hit more conferences and, and stuff like that. So you know, all, obviously all of that takes capital. Um, yes. so, so like I'd say it's a combination uh, of, of the two. You know? uh, you know, we're going through patent processes right now, expensive things. So, right. Uh, yeah. And your customers are, are are they like do they range the gamut from like small business to like enterprise kind yeah. of? Yeah. Well, that was, that was actually one of the biggest learnings. Um, like recently, it was you know we, we don't want to boil the ocean. Mm. You know, we we were like anyone with a mobile app can use yeah, this, yeah. Uh, and that's uh, you know a very vague and general way of your get to market strategy, right? right? So. So we realized, you know, uh, what clients will get the most value out of our platform, and it generally came down to what capabilities we had already built versus how much data they're actually producing. Mm -hmm. Because you need like a, you know, a certain baseline of just data um, to be able to even do anything right. uh, on the Gallup as it stands today. So, you know, typically our, 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 I guess I'd say our sweet spot is a customer who generally has about uh, 50,000 MAUs mm -hmm. to about- um, Monthly active users. Yeah, to about, <laughs> to about a million. Okay. Um, so still a big, um, yeah. but that's generally enough data to just light, light up the platform. Got it. Um, what, what we are also kind of looking at, but more sort of as like a tertiary focus, is like helping the long tail out. So that's like under 50,000. You know, like, you know, there's a stat that just, you know, resonated with me. There's about, um, you know, a million plus apps in, in just the app store. And out of the million apps, 900 of them have over a million users. So that's like a really slow percentage of very successful applications. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So obviously there's this massive long tail and we built mobile apps, both of us, for a long time. Yeah. And a lot of the apps we built are in this long tail. Yes. And those are the guys that need the most help, yes. that don't have the marketing dollars, that don't have the data scientists and the analysts and all of that capability. Um, and, and can Gallup do something for them? And I think that's something that we may attack later this year and potentially next year. But right now it's like, how can we help Every dollar that's spent and every communication that's sent for you know this mid tier, um, you know, uh, or mid to large tier, uh, be the most effective, and that's kind of our starting point. That's pretty cool. So, uh, just changing gears a little bit, you you start a successful services company, 
you've been advising, you know, you've been in the startup community for a while, uh, starting some cool stuff, and you've been advising your clients on how to do this stuff. Has, has anything surprised you now that you're really down to brass tacks and, and building your own product company? Have you been surprised by anything about like actually being in the trenches versus advising people who are in the trenches? Mm -hmm. Or is it all exactly as you expected it? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's definitely not exactly how you, how you expected it. I think, um, you know, again, it's just a reorientation in sort of priorities. Mm -hmm. and, and the biggest shift for me is just running a service company to, to a product company. As far as like the day-to-day, you know, it is kind of what I expected. It's yeah. it's a grind. You know, nothing comes easy. Uh, a lot of the, I guess, uh, goodwill and cachet I think we built with the Bean Oceans brand uh, might have taken for granted a little bit because right. uh, we're we're going into every room cold. Mm. And you know, with Bean Oceans, you can put up incredible case studies and be like, we know we're the best at this, right. and you can choose to come work with us or not. Yes. And 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 it was your loss type thing. Right. And and you know, like. We, we got to a point where we refined our art uh, and science of that company so well that we could take that position. But here it's like, please try us, yeah. you, know, uh, you know, trust me, <laughs> it works. And I think, I think that's been, uh, you know, really different. So like that, that, that dance in the, in the boardroom when we're pitching and demoing is something that, uh, that you know, it, like it keeps us on our toes right. a, a little bit. And, um, and at any moment, you can get kicked out of that boardroom or they're like, you know, you're not ready yet. And, and, and that, you know, just is like, makes us drive harder and yeah, work, yeah. work harder. But uh, so that's been, it's been interesting. So how do you know, like, where did, how do you know what your next steps are? Yeah. Because so, you could do anything, right? You yeah. could take, you know, you, you can continue on your path. You can lean towards the customers that are, you know, mm -hmm. like in the higher monthly active users. Yeah. You could go for the long tail. How do you decide? I'm sure you have, now that you have investors, they also have opinions about where you should go. Sure. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> and uh, and again, like, just like, you know, our investors, they, they've been around the block too. And, mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, what's great is like another part of raising money is you get this board. And Bean Ocean's never had any like formal governance. Uh, and, and now we have this great board. So to be able to tap into the minds of like, you know, you know Matt Golden or, or, or Duncan over at Mantella, it, it's like, it's incredible because, you know, we're not just guessing, we're not just throwing things against the wall. We have like guys that, that understand the space that are giving us feedback and, and helping us decide on, on what the right, right path is. But, you know, the, 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 I guess the underlying kind of sentiment there is just one step at a time. Right. You know, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. You can have your vision and you can have your North Star. Right. And, you know, our North Star is, you know, really centered around, you know, simplifying data-driven decision-making mm -hmm. and and, uh, and customer intelligence-driving business. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's kind of our North Star. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everything that we do from here on out is going to be based on what we learn from our customers. And right. we have a very sort of tight beta program where we work with like great brands like New York Times and great startups like Toronto based Rhythm and you know a nice like I guess range of different types of companies where you know and even like our, our some of our investors like you can games like these guys are are kind of like our our beta program who are allowing us to analyze all their data come up with insights make sure that we're driving value for them and and then I think a lot is going to get defined in the next six months and while we're going to market. And I think, you know, the steps will almost kind of present themselves in, in a way. That's cool. That's cool. Um, well, I don't want to keep you, but thank you very much for your time. That's really cool. Uh, I want to put my startup on camera. <laughs> Please do. Uh, as soon as it's ready. Uh, that's great. Well, thanks, thanks very much for coming in today. Hey, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for everybody for tuning in for entrepreneurs in small rooms drinking coffee or tea, depending on the day. Uh, uh, thanks to Nick Kuhn for producing the show and the working group for hosting us. And see you next week, bright and early at 8 o'clock. Thank you. Thanks, Rob.